(laughs) Welcome to the Gooners Podcast, Season 7, Episode 7. Can you feel it coming in the air tonight? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It's the Gooners Pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, five young men from various backgrounds, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more, a handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment, and a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan. Magic. And Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Welcome to the Gooners Pod. <laughs> Andrew, have have you been waiting for this moment for all of your life? <laughs> uh, well, first off, fuck you, Mike. Uh, fuck you, like completely. Um, I, I'm just curious. So, what did that guy called Owen in the voiceover? Did he say something like Ewan? Well, his, that- yeah, his name is spelled E I O N, and. Yeah, and, 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 and well, you would rightly recognize that as being Owen, but the majority of the rest of the Earth, uh, it's Ian, it's no Owen. Yeah, yeah, they have no idea, do they? Yeah, this. The, in fact, when we uh, when we when we penned him to the contract, this was the uh, you know this was the learning curve I had to go through. Mm. We are looking at how to pronounce this traditional Irish name. How do you go about pronouncing it? Not like it's spelled, but simply. Owen. Ian. Owen. Ian. Owen. Ian. Owen. Here are many more videos on. So, <laughs> you, you know, your Irish brother, and he's from Newry, actually, just to, I think across the, uh, mm-hmm. the line from you. But uh, but yeah. So, speaking of the voiceover, I mean, I don't know if you recognized the incredible voiceover artist, but as a guy who understands a little bit about voiceovers. On a scale from negative fifty to positive one, where do you rank that 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 voiceover? Well, I, I I didn't recognize it, so I'm I'm a little bit cautious now about how exactly to rank that. Well, let's I, just I, say I, that it was a, that, that that I put on a different voice for the other. All right, well then it's about a three. About <laughs> a three. A three. That's fair, a yeah, I like yeah, I I think the microphone could have done some work. You know, yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. like you you you. You you did that using a headset that I used to wear when I was a technical support guy and internet tech support back in the early 90s or the late 90s. And people were going, I can't connect to my internet. And then you'd have to talk them through why they have to reinstall TCP IP on their Windows 95 computer, all of that stuff. It sounded a bit like, you know, those things that went around your uh your your face. So, I mean, and the microphone brings you to a, a three and a half, actually. The microphone adds thirty pounds, and I had about nine microphones hanging all over me at the time. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So it's 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 obviously great to have you back on. Always fun to have you here. When uh, you've been coming on the Gooners podcast since season one, right. um, and I have to say, I still don't understand why you agree when I ask you to come on. But uh, but it's appreciated. I've got problems with saying no to people who ask me to go on podcasts. To be honest, <laughs> it's a weakness. Uh, well, but look, no, I mean it's because I ask people to go on uh you know my podcast all the time so i feel like i need to pay it forward is that how you say you need to just sort of you know give a bit back when people are so generous with their time for me i've got to be you know generous with my time for for everyone and and even you and even well i'd like to be i'd like to be associated with everyone but not like adjacently but no i do appreciate that and paying it forward is one of my favorite concepts i talk about it a lot and you know, paying it forward is not always necessarily paying it back to the people that paid it to you, but rather to others because you never know what comes around. So I, I, I think that that perfectly explains a little bit about who you are as a person. So 
Speaking of paying it forward, so how much exactly, for, for anyone who might not know, how much exactly do you hate Phil Collins and why? This is kind of like a running joke on, on the blog. It's been a running joke on the blog for, for quite a number of years, actually probably since its inception, because, you know, you, you have these um, pantomime villain characters um, you know, when you're making spurious comparisons in a blog post about how much you hate a particular footballer or a football club or a manager or whatever it is, you need something to say, this is worse than, or I hate this more than, and, and, you know, Phil Collins uh, became quickly that figure for me. And look, I'm not going to say I'm not a fan of Phil Collins because clearly I'm not. The whole thing really is based around that song in the air tonight, which I think is just one of the worst songs ever written. Uh, it's so tedious and boring. And then he tries to bring it to life by doing that kind of drum solo bit. Which... <laughs> that bit. Which, you know, is like doing CPR on a, you know, on a corpse that's been dead for 10 years and then trying to French kiss it back to life. That's what that is. So, so if I told you that he was drowning, you would not lend a hand? Oh, Jesus. This is going to go on all night, is it? It doesn't have to. I mean, I, you know, I'm prepared for it too, but it doesn't have to. We, I can change on the fly. So... Speaking of which, we have to talk about Arsenal a little bit here, but I don't honestly want to overdo it. I mean, it's it's the silly season. You can watch or listen to a thousand better podcasts than ours to get you know updates yeah. on Rafinha and 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 uh, you know and and all the different players that we have been buying and, and are used sure. to it. But so we will talk about it a little bit. But then after that, I really want to spend more of our time together on a on a topic I enjoy talking about a lot more, especially during the off season. And it's apropos considering what's recently gone on in the Arsenal fandom and uh, kind of gooner base. So uh, okay. if, if anyone in the chat has any user questions, anything that they want to make sure to ask to uh, to Andrew during the podcast, we've got a, we're going to be on until about uh, what is it a quarter to eight uh, or just maybe between a quarter to eight and eight uh, UK. Yeah, we can go to eight. We can go to eight. That's no well, problem. No problem. Eight to tonight though, right? Uh, yeah, not tomorrow morning. Not tomorrow I know morning. you do these uh, marathon things, and yeah, uh, well, I, I, yeah, that's, that's my next my next ask because that's been scheduled, <laughs> but 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 not for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, so if you have any questions you want to ask of Andrew, please put it in the chat. Start it with a Q um, for question, and I'll tag it and we'll we'll answer it later. So, uh, do you remember the summer of 2015 when we bought only Petr Cech mm -hmm. and simultaneously loaned out? among others, Debussy, Serge Gnabry, Emmy Martinez, and Wojciech Chesney. You remember that summer quite fondly, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yes, one well, of my favorites. I mean, I remember. Um, how could I ever forget? But <laughs> <laughs> this summer is not that, Andrew. It, it is not that. It's I'm getting whiplash from all the transfer activities and the, and the legitimate kind of mm -hmm. almost across the line tweets from, you know, from legit, non-rodent, non-anonymous uh, ITKs that are actually... No horses, no yeah. donkeys, no Arsenal unicorn. The gerbil, of course, we know is, is as reliable as it gets. But, um, you know, if you go into the realm of, of, of hamster or chinchilla, the Arsenal chinchilla, that guy talking out of his arse. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and my least favorite and the one that's clearly just trying to drag off of the the popularity of the gerbil is, is the Arsenal llama. Uh, that guy sucks, but, but, you know, we're not, I, I don't know why I take such of, of an interest in, in defending the gerbil, but um, you know, someone's got to. So true, but, but we're, we're seeing Ornstein. We're seeing, you know, James, Mc, the James McNicholas's of the world of which, uh, you know, I wish there were more because it would just be a good thing for everyone. Um, but, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of things that are just about across the line. So is this considered a madness or a madness just specifically when you buy like a 100 million pound player that clearly isn't going to work out like every other 100 million player has it? Um, yes, a really good point. I don't know. I mean, let's call it a madness when we do more of the things. There's a lot of good stories and a lot of names being mentioned, but you know, as yet, um, we've only brought in, um, uh, Fabio Vieira and of course Marquinhos as well from Brazil so you know good luck to him a couple of uh, 
uh, attacking players, but I think we need to see a bit more before we can really uh, make any make any judgments. Uh, Daniel Robert, I can I can be dissing Phil Collins, Daniel, and I can I will I can and I will, and nobody here can stop me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm quite encouraged by the the names that we're being linked with and the the, the kinds of players that we're being linked with as well. So it's a good start so far, but let's, let's get, let's get moving. As Edu said, he wanted to give people a bit more to be happy about. Uh, and I don't think he's just talking about his, um, what was the Brazilian yeah. barbecue, the churrasco. churrasco the yeah. yeah. He's not just going to come around with an endless supply of barbecued meat to all of us. Just when you think you've had enough meat, there's Edu again. Look, do you want a bit of tri-tip? You want some of this chicken? You want a bit of this barbecue? I think, I think Arsenal fans, uh, the chips, though, I, I don't know if the Brazilian steakhouses are the same way for you, but you have to, like, there's a red and a green chip that you have on your table that you turn right. red if, you're, if, you're, oh, okay. if, if you're don't full. want them to stop by. Right. Mine, I, I've never actually experienced what it's like to have it on red. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's how they do it here. Uh, is you know, if it's green, they come over like one after the other after the other and just dump jump meat yeah. on your plate. And um, and clearly, I spend a lot of time in those establishments. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it 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 isn't that so much business has been done already. It's a weekend, barely a weekend, two weeks into the transfer window. But it just the the feel is. I mean, normally at this point in the transfer window we are seeing the opening games of a summer tournament where it slows down transfer activities and we're linked with absolutely nobody. Yeah. Um, It'll all be done after the world cup, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then after the world cup, it's, Oh, well, you know, we're, we need to replace this person before we can buy. I'm not seeing a whole lot of that going on here. So Mm -hmm. there, there is that kind of where there's smoke, there's fire attitude, but you're right. I mean, it'd be a bit premature, uh, as they say, to uh, to to say we're we're doing bits at the moment, but uh, um, who would you say in that? I mean, it's it's a batch of players all twenty two to twenty five. I mean, literally anyone who's twenty six and up is being considered too old at this point, yeah, uh, to join us. So, which which guy in this batch of racehorses of you know twenty two, twenty three, twenty four years old are you most excited about the possibility of of adding to the team? Well, look, I, I really like the idea of Gabriel Jesus as our, as our number nine, as our center forward. Um, but I think, if, you know, what would excite me is, um, you know, I think there's a general acceptance that, that that deal is pretty far down the line and it's going to get done at some point. Like if Arsenal were to announce the signing of Gabriel Jesus tomorrow, people would say, at last. We've been he- hearing about this for months now. So, like, about time you guys got it over the line. Whereas I think if you... If you were to do a deal for someone like Rafinha, there would be an element, not necessarily of surprise, but, you know, okay, this is going above and beyond what I thought we might do this summer because we've already got Bakayo Sack and we've got Martinelli, we've got Smith Rowe, we've got Odegaard, we've got Vieira in now, you know, and people will be going, uh, wow, you know, uh, this is like another really good attacking player to add to this. So that kind of a signing on top of what we already have, assuming that we're going to get Gabriel Jesus in, I think would be would be really, really exciting to me because it would show that there is a clear plan this summer in terms of our recruitment to change the way that we play. You've just shrunk. Uh, there. I, I, I wanted to, you know... When you get older, you know... This you is just the only shrunk. situation in which I can say I want to come down to your level because, you're, <laughs> you know, in general, that would be very egotistical and completely insane. Mm. But, but I... I just thought it might, you know, the aesthetics might look better mm. if, if our, if our, uh, okay. I, I don't mind being or at the same level. I don't mind you looming over me, you know, um, but, but, so what I you think said when I was with you, though, <laughs> <laughs> um, it would, it would really signify a change in the way that we're going to play next season and how we're going to try and control games, how we're going to try and change games, you know, the, this problem we have of, um, not being able to, if you'll pardon the expression, come from behind, we, we can't really do that at the moment. We couldn't do it last season. And the reality is the reason we couldn't do it was because when you looked at the bench, it was three defenders, some kind of midfielder, maybe two, and then maybe Nicolas Pepe or somebody like that. Um, 
who had a terrible season and you just could not rely on him doing anything. And then you had a striker, maybe like Lacazette or like Inkedia, depending on who was starting. And if you think about, you know, going into a game next season where potentially you could bring off the bench, um, Inkedia, Fabio Vieira, Rafinha, and one of Smith Rowe and Martinelli, that changes, right? That changes the, the the way that you can influence games, particularly with a with a five sub setup. So that's the key. That I, I that, that I think is what's most exciting about this. Like this transfer window, I know we've been linked with um, Lissandro Martinez, who's a defender from from Ajax, another really interesting player as well. But primarily, this summer is about adding attackers. It's about adding forwards, not necessarily the archetypal center forward, but forwards who can play across that forward line in a number of positions who can give us variety who can give us depth and that's what's really exciting because um you know we all like uh, a signing but everyone i think is particularly interested in an attacking signing a player who can get you goals who can get you assists who can get you off your seat you know by doing something amazing and skillful and roasting a defender or making john terry fall flat in his face we all love those kind of players so i think that's what's particularly exciting about this window yeah and and you know it it seems pretty clear from the man city pedigree that that we hope to see and clearly that's what Mikel Ar- Mikel Arteta wants to kind of endorse in our club that we we're not necessarily looking for one 25 goal scorer we'd be perfectly happy to get five 15 goal scorers or, you know, or three 15 goal scorers and two 10 goal scorers. And that you saw that kind of after Aubameyang left the squad last year or was banished from the squad before he left, that the goals started pouring in from Saka, from Smith Rowe, a couple from Odegaard, you know, and and even Thomas Partey started getting on the score sheet. Not that that was related to Aubameyang, but you just saw more, you know, more spread out of goals, secondary scorers, as they call it in, in American sports. And, and, uh, and I think that's ultimately the strategy that he wants to play. So uh, just this fluid front six, if you will, that's just hard mm-hmm. to keep track of and, and not know where the goals are going to come from, but know that they're going to come. Um, Tielemans, it kind of seems like he's going to have to wipe off that grin. Cause we, we know where he's been and, and has, has Tielemans all been a pack of lies? <laughs> that's um, the last one. I think that's the last one. Thank you. Um, I don't know if it's been a pack of lies, but I just wonder if maybe something has changed in terms of, you know, how they're going to think about building uh, the team. Um, you know, can Fabio Vieira play in that left eight role? Maybe I'm not hundred percent sure. I do. I would like us to see, uh, I'd, I would like us to sign another central midfield player. Um, if it's Fabio Vieira, great. Um, but I still think we could use a little bit of depth there, you know? Um, so I don't quite know what's going to happen with Tielemans. If people listen to the Arscast Extra on Friday, they'll have heard James, you know, sort of spell out what's going on there, that as it stands, it's all a bit cool and, and we're the only um, we're the only show in town. Thank you, Joseph Shelley. Everyone's getting involved here. Um, you know, I, I don't quite know what's going to happen yet, but look, there is a long way to go in this window. We, I think, as fans want to see as much done before the start of the season as possible, because as last season showed, oh, if you drop every points, season has shown. Like, yeah, exactly. But look, like we're not we're not alone in that. I mean, we feel it more keenly than than um maybe others, but we're not alone in in not getting all our business done in time for the start of the season. Lots of other clubs do that. Lots of other clubs are dictated to by the market so i don't think it's necessarily fair to say that like this is a, simply a, a problem that's unique to arsenal it's it's not you know it is a problem that that exists um you know market forces and all that kind of stuff shit happens towards the end of uh, of the transfer window so uh, i i think there's a way to go but uh, if we could get as much as possible done before the first game of the season uh, you know obviously that would be that would be extremely helpful yeah, I mean, it, it 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 really does feel, and I, you know, I, I think it's a great point to to point out that it's not just us, uh, but I mean, who's really paying attention to you know whether Crystal Palace has all their targets, and by the time we play them or not, I I'm thinking of in terms yeah. of how how short we've been in the first month of every single season, 
uh, whether it's – and the fact that when these players come in late, they normally take a month to, to bed in and, and, you know, not having them on the summer tour. It's mm. – it's, uh, I mean, the last big signings that we've made that I remember immediately hopping onto the summer tour and being a, a big part of it were, you know, were Granit Xhaka. Uh, who came over, came over to, to California in 2016, not mm. speaking a word of English, um, but he was on the stage, you know, during the fan events and, and playing a major part of the of the uh, the summer. And and as much as that has or hasn't turned out, uh, you know, I do think it helped him get off the ground a little bit quicker. And you know, he mm. got into those those red cards much much easier than he would have yeah. otherwise. Yeah, yeah, could have taken, um, you know. Yeah. So. Um, Couple of user questions before we uh, before we switch gears a little bit. Sure. Um, your your good friend Daniel Robert has uh, has asked how Rafinha, Saka, ESR, Gabby, Eddie, Vieira, Odegaard, and Jesus fit all into one team. Now that's uh, that's eight players. Are we going down the Man City route? If if you mean by you know Man City by having enough depth in our second squad to win a lot of games, I certainly mm-hmm. hope so. I think, I think that's what it is. Obviously, they can't all start, but, you know, we can't start Martin Odegaard every game. We can't start Bakayo Saka every game. You know, we're, you know, there will come a point, you know, hopefully in the new year after a World Cup where we're in the knockout stages of the Europa League where we're playing big, important European games, which we have to prioritize. And then we're also playing big, important Premier League games. And... You can't ask Bakayo Saka to play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. You just can't do it. So I think we need to, you know, we all have our favorite players, right? We all have our favorite uh, guys that we want to see in the team every week. We all have our opinions about who should start where and everything else. But I I think we need to, we need to move away from the idea of there being a first team, if that makes sense. Because you know what we had last season? We had a first team. Well, because, yeah, was, because we had one game a week. Yeah, exactly. And we could all pick that team basically week in, week out. If everyone's fit, we know what that first team is. And then there's like two or three guys who are also there or thereabouts. And then after that, you've got warm bodies on the bench who aren't really good for very much. And I think what we need to try and recalibrate our brains as Arsenal fans into thinking like, yes, Bakayo Saka is brilliant. We love him. We want him to stay but he doesn't need to start every single game. Well, he's know? better off if he doesn't. He really looked knackered by the end of the season. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was apparent. It's, you know, come off the Euros, played all season. You know, we need to we need to manage these guys well. And that means having them as fit as possible for as long as possible throughout the season. So, you know, if you're if – you're, um, if your option to replace Bakayo Saka next season is Nicolas Pepe, that would be very disappointing. Or if it's Omari Hutchinson taking nothing away from a young player, is he ready to do that? Probably not at this stage in his career. But if you've got Bakayo Saka, who let's not forget, I think can play in other positions too, um, and your option is Rafinha, you know, you're playing an away game in Europe on a Thursday and Rafinha starts and scores some goals, but Kyle Saka sits on the bench, comes off uh, and starts the Premier League game yeah. or vice versa, you know. So all of those players into one team, no, they don't go. They don't all start in one team. But we're hopefully going to play 50-odd games next season between the Premier League and Europe and Cup games, more maybe. And we can't make the mistake that we did last season. We tried to get away with a small squad. And when we got a couple of injuries to key players, we did not have the depth. It cost us. It it cost us top four. Um, and that's something that we can't let happen again. So all of those players, they're not all going to start at the same time. But to have those guys at our disposal for the duration of a season would be amazing. Yeah, and and you know the only exception to you know we don't necessarily need a first team is I do think the central defense partnerships. I I I really like what I saw from White and 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 uh, Gabriel playing together because they, they they do such different things that complement each other perfectly. So I would be fine on a Thursday Sunday saying okay, well you know what this league game is is much more important than this dead rubber uh, Europa League game in December or I guess it won't be December this year. It'll be uh, October, November. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll start Saliba and holding for this game and, and 
you know, having kind of a, a first choice center back pairing and trying to have that partnership together. To me, that's the only situation where I, where I would say, you know, first team, second team type of thing, but otherwise yeah. it can be very, very fluid with, you know, fullbacks with, with, uh, wing players and, and strikers for sure. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. And I think that's important because, you know, I, I think Miguel Arteta was frustrated with the inability to feel the consistent back four. And last season he went out and, you know, he bought, well, two players to fit into a back four and a goalkeeper. But I, I also think it's an issue of quality as well, that if you have another quality player in there, it, it makes it easier to, to change your, your central defensive partnerships. And again, Ben White and Gabriel cannot play every game. Right. Just can't right. do it. Um, so we've got to be open to, to that aspect of things uh, as well. Perfect. So I have uh, a, qu- a couple of questions that might be inside jokes that I'm not in on. Uh, ball or aerosol? Does that mean anything to you? It absolutely does not. But I'm guessing that's a deodorant question. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it is. And and uh, know, as, aer- a, as a man who, who likes to smell good, what do you what do you what do you do there? Aerosol. I don't like aerosol. the ball stuff. It leaves. It's a bit sticky and icky. I don't like it. Yeah. So, yeah good, old, good old fashioned. Right guard or whatever, nice. And and you just bask in the and, and it ends up on your face and the, you just you walk through it. Do you walk? Do you spray it and then walk through it? That's that's what yeah, my wife does with her, with her perfume. She she like sprays it in the air and then walks through it and it just looks so ridiculous. But I don't tell that's her that. A very efficient way of doing it. Spray it in the air, walk through it. It's like like going through a car wash. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's how I shower. I just turn the water on. I walk through it once walk and then that's that. Once, then, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, except for when I eat soup in the shower, as we, as we once discussed, I think on our, on our first show together, um, we had a question about a, a bunch of them about Rafinha. Do you believe the Rafinha hype, uh, from Menger kid? I'm strike. I'm struggling with it. 65 for him. It's max 40. Uh, and I'll combine into that. You know, if we get Rafinha, how important is it that Saka signs a new deal? I'm guessing, you know, he's seeing Rafinha maybe as leverage and God forbid, let's not say this, but let's kind of think of it. If we were to have to sell Saka and we've rebooted with a Rafinha and with Marquinhos panning out, hopefully, you know, do we suddenly have a little bit more of a willingness to grab, you know, eight figures in transfer fees and further bolster the squad? I, I, I would guess that's where Demsek's getting at. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the Rafinha price is quite interesting. Uh, I, I'm guessing there is a point to which Arsenal will go, but whether it's 65 million. I'm not sure. I'd be surprised if it was that high, to be honest. Um, That's apparently what Leeds is saying. Like, like yeah, I, I saw it. And, and you know yeah. that'll change in, in in late August. But yeah, no but I mean, it's, it's like um, Sheffield United talking about forty million for Aaron Ramsdale last summer. You know, and it didn't end up being forty million. It was about half of that. On the Saka deal, like I, I think it's separate from Rafinha. I think we have to get this guy tied down to a new contract. He's he's our player, academy uh, guy. You know, has made the breakthrough. He's twenty years of age. Um, he's probably quite underpaid at this point for the the responsibility and the importance that he has. I'd say on 30, 30 a week. Yeah, I'd say. He's- <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know, this is the deal that he signed a couple of years ago. Um, and I'd say it was, a, you know, a decent deal, but he's now full England international. He's taking the final penalty for England in an international tournament. And, you know, God bless him. It didn't work out as well as he would have liked. But, it, you know, that that tells you the kind of stature that he, stature of player that he is, you know, for club and country. So I, I think he deserves a pay rise. There's no two ways about it. He deserves a pay rise. Uh, and um, I hope that we can get that done. But to me, it's slightly separate from the Rafinha thing. Um, I, you know, I don't know if signing Rafinha would make Saka think twice about signing a new deal. I don't really think so, because he must know how important he is to Mikel Arteta, because, you know, if there was a friendly kickabout in the in the car park, uh, Mikel Arteta is going to start Bakayo Saka. <laughs> you know, if well, he can. And, and he's and he's got to know how targeted he was last year, how exhausted he was, how how much he wants to be able to preserve his career. I mean, he's a smart enough kid to understand, even at 21, 22 years old, that yeah. he's going to need to play a lot less than he's been playing. 
And, you know, why not have your replacement be someone good as opposed to somebody who you don't have to worry about taking your spot. So, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you on that. Uh, Mark, uh, who was here yesterday when we had, uh, let's call him the Andrew Jr., uh, <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Allen. Uh, now, you told me you listened to, you know, like the first third of the episode, which is great because we didn't start talking about you until the second third of the episode. Um, but uh, who would you say is the most valuable Andrew at our sport? Oh, certainly Andrew Allen. You know, I mean, how can I compete with a guy with a, an impeccably groomed beard like that? Never a hair out of place, style icon, basically. Um, you know, you were there at the weekend of, of Union Chapel. You saw the you saw the pants that he oh. was able to get away with. Unbelievable. I saw nothing, I I saw nothing but the pants. If, <laughs> I, mean, if was... I wore those, people would they would set upon me in the streets like I was some kind of leper. They would beat me within an inch of my life and, and put me in a, in a cage and hang me there as a warning to anyone else uh, who might wear pants like that. But he pulls them off without, without any problem. So you, from that perspective, you've seen him pull those off. Oh, listen, I've seen him pull all kinds of things off. Assless <laughs> chaps, the whole lot. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, Andrew is a, a hugely important part of the team. Um, so, well, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to blow my own trumpet, particularly on on video. Um, so, I, I, I will. You never will know where William Saliba might be videotaping you. So. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, uh, less said about that, the better, Mike. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I mean, we, we really enjoyed our talk with him. I, I hadn't really spoken to him at length. I just met him for the first time last mm -hmm. month and, and um, you know, clicked quite well. I, I enjoy his sense of humor, and obviously it, it, it's this common sense of humor that I think a lot of, a lot of the folks who are in your circles have, which I, 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 I enjoy and, and, uh, and like the banter. So, mm -hmm. um, so anyway, um, thanks for answering that question. So, Here's what I really want to get your thoughts and reactions to. Um, and it's a bit of a mini manifesto, but, and, and by the end of it, I might get accused of being a little bit uh, of an ass kisser, but I don't give a, I don't give a shit about that. So if, if you watch my show, you know that, you know, that kind of how I feel about this winning trophies is great. It's amazing. It's fun. It doesn't happen every year unless you're Manchester city and, you know, not winning things really kind of sucks. But winning things and losing things alone, whether if you're just alone in your man cave or your woman cave watching on your own, it just absolutely sucks. There's no there's no great part of winning and, and there's just an absolute emptiness in losing. So Arsenal's about winning and losing the Arsenal way, history and pride. But to me, being a gooner is something completely different. And, you know, what I love more about being a gooner than anything else is the people, the community, the you know worldwide and the kinds of experiences that are out there waiting for us if you just go out and kind of enter the community and, and if you're fortunate enough to experience it. So whether it's getting together with neighbors to watch a game, going to your local pub or your supporters clubs, which are kind of, you know, popping up or existing all over the world now, uh, being in London and going to a game or going to the surroundings of a game, it doesn't really matter. It could be online or it could be, you know, just through a YouTube channel, a podcast, discord, Patreon, whatever. And, you know, I have to say that in my time of kind of the social arsenal life, which has really, for me, just been the last eight, nine years or so, uh, the single most incredible example of, of, a, of just, a, just a community of, of love and mutual respect and humor and happiness, even in the face of bitter disappointment of, of absolutely blowing top four against Spurs and Newcastle, mm -hmm. was on 21st of May at the Union Chapel. Um, I have some videos to play. You've seen some of them, um, and uh, and I don't want to take too much of our time playing pre-recorded video. But it was just 900 Arsenal supporters from all ages, from from the states, from England, from Ireland. A very strange number from Hackney, as I found out. Just, just everyone <laughs> I asked where they were from was Hackney. Um, but in the in a beautiful chapel, which which actually allowed in, you know a handful of Jews, which I was, you know, I was, I was pleased about. Um, we weren't just enjoying five people who make them laugh and give them therapy and enhance their understanding of the game. We were all just kind of enjoying each other. It was just this big festive community thing in the seats, in the bar at intermission and after the game. And certainly for hours and hours afterwards, which, mm -hmm. which may be regrettable in hindsight, but 
uh, at various drinking establishments all up and down Upper Street. So, um, you know, everyone had kind of baked in the disappointment of missing top four. We kind of knew not to expect too much out of the game the next day. But, you know, I know that you were overwhelmed with kind of the size and the scope and the success of the event. But just as an attendee and someone who's fortunate enough to to have somewhat of a personal relationship with the men who pulled it off, um, I just want to say thank you for that. And, and um, you know, it's that sort of thing that really mm. just brings people together, which is really what what being a gooner is all about. Well, look, I'm a I'm, I'm glad you had a, a good time. Um, you know, uh, the videos are, are good and I'm sure you're going to play one or two of them now in a minute. Um, and everyone who was there seemed to have a good time. And like you say, it came we were hoping that it was going to be a big, big party night, you know, a big yeah. celebration of top four. And, you know, it, I have to say, like when we were playing those last couple of games, um, when we played the Derby, when we played Newcastle, I was watching those games and I was feeling as disappointed and frustrated as, as everybody else about what we did and didn't do on the pitch and the results that we got. But in the back of my mind always was like, well, we're doing this thing before the last game of the season. And wouldn't it be amazing if we got top four? But I think you're right to say that in spite of all that disappointment, people were able to come together, celebrate the fact that we all love this crazy fucking football club for better, for worse, richer or poorer, for fifth or for fourth, whatever it might be. And, you know, we can put to one side um, – those disappointments and just have a good night and and we really focused on trying to make sure that everybody enjoyed themselves they paid their money to come along 900 odd people in this incredible venue in north london is like 15 minutes walk from the emirates stadium that was um, crazy it, it felt like and i've told people this it felt like the u.s capital on the night of uh, the state of the union address i mean it's it literally built like mm -hmm. that there's a there's the lower level and then there was the yeah. balcony above with the yeah. stage i mean it's it, it and it was just packed to the to the brim yeah i guess you could it say was it, so. it was incredible it was an incredible night you know for myself and james and obviously um you know i'm sure uh, for us as well it was amazing to do it with the guys the arsenal vision guys who are you know i'm sure everybody knows are great guys they're our friends so to be able to come together and to harness the the you know, the goodwill of both communities and to do it all in one place and to be able to hang out for the weekend and have drinks and have food and, and as you say, to celebrate late into the night, um, you know, which would certainly cost me the next day. There's no I know some people that went directly from that evening to the Tollington. They just took an Uber directly to the Tollington the next day. Uh, well, God know, bless there. They were called homeless them. people, but, but they, uh, you know, yeah. they had yeah. a good time. It was amazing, Mike. You know, you were there. It was great to see you and, and um, you know, to, to to sort of feel the excitement people had to to come and and see us talk about Arsenal. That was that was just incredible as well, you know. Um, and I've been doing this a long time, as you know, and we've done some live stuff before, but we've never done anything on that scale. And yeah, it was it was amazing. It really was. It was like a once in a lifetime uh, experience, which hopefully uh, we can repeat. So it'll be a twice in a lifetime, then thrice in a lifetime, then what's what's the what's the um, four twice? Multiple four. times in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, once you go beyond thr once, twice, thrice, there's no what twice. Six size. See, English language is weird, isn't it? But you know, hopefully, it is something that we can do again because um, you know, it's just it's it's things like that that when you've had the disappointment of the sport, you remember the power of the community and the you know, we're the world is in a fucked up place, right? at the moment there's no two ways about it it's completely fucked up and everybody's feeling it one way or the other so to be able to escape from it and to be in a how do i say it like an arena of happiness and love even for 90 minutes or two hours or whatever it is is an incredible thing to experience and we shouldn't take it for granted and we should be 
happy that we can do things like that when so many people can't. So yeah, and, yeah. and you know, Ar Arsenal and sport in general is is normally meant to be an escape from everyday life, and the fact that we also sometimes need an escape from the escape, yeah, uh, is is yeah. is really what it's all about. I mean, some of when I first started going to the pub here in Washington D.C. Uh, to watch Arsenal games back in 2013. Um, that was a season we experienced some crushing defeats. That you know, Wenger's thousandth game, six nil Chelsea, six one Liverpool, six three. I think in some. I mean, we mm -hmm. had some crap games, and some of the formative experiences where I met a lot of friends who are still friends to my day to this day was mm -hmm. the four hours after a crushing defeat, yeah. uh, just sitting around the table and drinking and laughing and talking about you know the history of the club and. And and stuff until we had almost completely forgotten that we had lost in a in a heart wrenching, disgusting fashion. That is, that's um, how it goes. That's it wasn't vendor in, vendor out. It was like you know, brighter days talking about you know the Invincibles and 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 telling jokes and stuff. And and you know, I I would trade those days for the the the, the celebrations we had after the FA Cup or for a league title or something like that. But. Yeah, um, I know. You know, if, if you sit in a if you sit alone or you sit in an echo chamber of negativity, when we lose or or when we drop points that we shouldn't have dropped, it can get very, you know, I hate to use overuse the word toxic, but you know, I, I generally try to pull out of that either by just sticking my head in the sand or surrounding myself by something not as frustrating. Yeah, um yeah. and you know. I guess I just accept mediocrity as a result, but I just, I don't need yeah. more anger and frustration. People like you. People like you accepting media. You're the reason why we haven't won the title, Mike. I you am. Know? I, am. Like I am the reason. You are um, the reason. We, so. we've, we've identified it. But yeah, <laughs> and, and I just wanted to say that, like, you know, again, on a large scale, this event was just, it just, mm. it showed that the power of, of the Gooner community is stronger than the, the power of of people who just can't handle not getting nice things. Yes. Uh, so you know that that that's uh, that's what I wanted to say. So I did uh, take a couple of videos from outside. That if you weren't able okay. to be there on the day, hopefully you watched the stream. Uh, you can still watch the stream, right? Is it, is it on your? Yeah, uh, it's on the uh, Arsblog YouTube channel. Okay, but what you won't be able to watch on the Arsblog YouTube channel is, uh, is 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 the mic video. So. Here's the, uh, the the interview. Well, here's the line about 45 minutes before the show started. Yeah, you're not supposed to come here, Fifteen minutes, the doors opening. Suffice it to say, everyone's here already. We've got at least two to three thousand people waiting outside. Already, what's going on? Doors don't even open for 15 minutes. Some of these guys have been here for four days. It's incredible. <laughs> I might be exaggerating a little bit. And I don't know if you could even hear the audio from that, but uh, but yeah, I mean that line did go actually literally go around the corner. Um, it was a good thing that it wasn't pouring and pissing down rain. But uh, <laughs> but I, I, I spoke to the first people in line. Now now by the way, I just assume at this point you and James and Clive and 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 um paul and and um uh james did i say james twice anyway, james twice yeah oh well i he deserves to be said twice um and uh and elliot were just chilling in the back in the vip room you know with your with your cavassier and and uh and 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 yeah getting Andy. the massages rub downs all that kind of stuff before we went on stage all that kind of prep you know now yesterday i was i, I asked andrew allen i was like you know you're you're uh, VIP adjacent, uh, you, you, yeah. you're part of the crew. I said, you know, what was, you know, did did you have backdoor entrance? Speaking of, you know, again, I won't go into de detail. Did you have backdoor entrance? Were you in the VIP? And and he's like, he apparently had the exact opposite of yeah. of that. Um, he said he rocked up all cocky through the front door and said his name to the ticket people and couldn't find him on the on the guest list. I mean, even I was on the guest list because I, I, I decided to come to London pretty late, and Elliot's like, oh, I'll put you on the guest list, and I was happy to be on there. Andrew Allen couldn't even get it to, couldn't get in. He had to fight I, his I, way in. I forgot to put his name down on the guest list. Like, of course, you know, like when it when it was announced, he was going, you know, this is, this is how kind of uh, humble a guy Andrew is, right? When we announced the thing, he said... Uh, 
do, do I need to buy a ticket or can I get on the guest list? So I was going, Jesus Christ, you know, you, <laughs> we've worked together for the last 12 years. Of course you're on the guest list. Don't worry about it. Of course you're on the guest list. And I completely forgot to put his name. <laughs> so he managed to lag his way in all the same. So. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't met him yet at that point, but I did see some guy getting, you know, escorted and thrown violently onto the uh, onto the street into that park. That across the street. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he, it, it was able to be worked out. So that was nice. Here, mm -hmm. here are the first people in line, uh, clearly very excited about this event. All right, we are here with the first people in line. What time on Tuesday did you arrive to get this spot? Seven in the morning. <laughs> six o'clock. I mean, it, it did. It, I was here on Thursday morning. It was some shit weather, but you you stood through it. Uh, where are you guys from? What area? Uh, Hackney. Hackney? Yeah. Right, so you traveled, you traveled from like you know, much further see, than me. Just here to see Clive, really. Sweet. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. That makes sense. I mean, well, you know, Clive. You gotta be loving that sultry voice. Clive is the attraction. Clive is the attraction. Clive, is that enough of that? Um, when are you, uh, anyone else from further than Hackney or you when, uh, from, New from New York? Yes. Oh. No, 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 just Kennington. All right. And, um, all right, so you're here to see Clive. Who are you here to see? Because, I mean, you just, you just have oh, to pick a pick. Everyone, I'm here to see everyone. You have to pick one. Uh, I'll be Andrew. One. It's got to be Andrew. Andrew. Nice. All right. Oh. The guy, the Podfather. Exactly. Yeah, it's got, it's got to be Oscar Andrew, yeah. All right. Um, since the beginning. Definitely. So, um, all right. Well, you guys have managed to claim the first spot. Doors are opening soon. Enjoy the show. We're in the top four. We're in the top four. We're, no, we're in the top quarter of the table. <laughs> no, of the queue. Of the queue. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> top four right there. Yeah. Cheers for years of amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, you're not talking to me, you're talking to them, right? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I've done years, years of shitty podcasts. They, they've done a good job. All right, guys. Congratulations. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> now, now, did those guys go straight to the front row? Did any of them look familiar? Were you? Uh... Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember I remember those guys. They were right at the front, right at the very front. It would have been strange if they were. The red they... shirt in particular. Um, you know, there's a lot of faces out there, but I remember that, you know, that red shirt in particular and those guys being right at the front. So fair play. I think if you're there first, you queue up, you get there and you're there when the doors open. You got to be weird if they just went and sat in the back. Um, yeah, right. it would be, would be really strange, I guess. Like, like you could have just, I mean, you had a ticket. You could have just come like a minute before the show, but you yeah. know what? There, there was a lot of dedication there. So um, I'll play one or two more, but I want to, I want to quickly just, uh, yeah bring something up and, and it's something you know a, a lot about uh first of all in context the amount of money that was raised by the collective audiences of ars blog and mm. you know especially with elliot's efforts at at, at uh at arsenal vision i mean I, I this is the second time i've met Maraid from the arsenal foundation the first was at, at elliot's show in october and you could just tell she's she is absolutely blown away by what your communities have done for that incredible charity. I mean, a hundred thousand pounds in like a, just over a week or something. Was it 50 or was it a hundred? It was a hundred, right? It was 107,000. 107,000 pounds in, in, in just over a week is amazing. And again, it's another, you know, I won't, I won't do another half an hour uh, manifesto, but it's just another wonderful thing about the Arsenal family that doesn't get enough credit when you think of how, you know, the, the, level of cuntship you see on 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 twitter all the time out of out of uh, arsenal well, people yeah i mean shouldn't that remind you or shouldn't that tell you that you know the the very vocal minority that is angry and loud doesn't represent the vast majority of of arsenal fans i think that's are, never been more clear than than in who are good and generous and giving and and part of the community um so yeah i mean uh, the the money that that the Arsenal Vision Foundation raised was fantastic, and I was very um, pleased to be um, supporting that. Um, you know, it was very much Elliot doing a lot of that work behind the scenes and 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 making things happen. But if I can use my platform then to to help push people towards um, making their contributions, then I'm I'm very happy to do that. And of course, and you, you do know, that for as well, right? Yeah, we we donated our entire um, takings from the month of April um, and rounded it up to thirty five thousand euros, which we gave to UNICEF, which will go and help children all around the world. Um, so you know, I think it is important for 
look, if you're in a position to help, regardless of who you are and what you do, if you're in a position to help, I really feel like you should in this day and age because there's a lot of inequality. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of difficulty for people. Um, and I don't want to sort of sit here and talk about being privileged and all that kind of stuff. Cause we all have elements of that and maybe people will roll their eyes, but you know, to be in a position to help and, uh, and not do anything that just doesn't sit right with me. So I'm, I'm very proud of what we did and hopefully we can do it again next year and, and do it bigger and better and, and help more people. Yeah. And, and, you know, when it comes to charity, there are, I mean, I understand in some situations they're mutually exclusive because people have a limitation on how, how much they can give, but obviously, you know, we're a community that all supports each other. And, and, and as you know, uh, you've been very helpful when it comes to our charity, which is Gooners versus cancer. Yeah. Um, and you know, while we have uh, a good number of people watching and hopefully listening later, I just wanted to once again, remind people that we have eight days left. Uh, the 30th of June is the final day to enter the 89 shirt uh, raffle. We've got about a hundred tickets left. Each ticket is a, is a about a 20 pound or $25 donation to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. You can get as many tickets as you want, but as of the end of June 30th, we're going to just cut it off where we are and raffle it off. And mm -hmm. if you haven't seen the shirt, um, it's something that's really unique and, and can only get from Gunners versus Cancer. If you're a fan of what happened on May 26th, 1989, you'll love this shirt. Got about a minute long video to play. Uh, Andrew, have you seen the shirt that we're, that we're uh, yeah. raffling off? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. Well, this what is what you can this is what you can win, and and you have, generally have a relatively good chance. I mean, it's not like a one in three chance unless you buy up about 150 tickets. But uh, but this is what you could win. that's the shirt it will be given away on the first of july um so go to goonersvcancer.com uh to to get a chance to win that um andrew you you're generously entered into that uh because of your oh, like well you are that was part of uh the tollington event that we had the night before yours any uh okay, cool. donations cool. connecting to that event uh got oh you, yeah, uh, yeah 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 got your entries for the shirt so you are you are in that okay um, cool Come on, and, me. And and if you win, I'm going to have to answer a lot of questions, I'm sure. But uh, but it's going to be completely randomized. And live. Nobody would question your integrity, Mike. Nobody. Surely not. My middle name is Integrity. I'm Michael I. Feinberg. It's, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, the other thing is, if you're a gamer or if you know a gamer who happens to be a gooner or who happens to hate cancer, one or the other or both, uh, we're doing our third annual FIFA tournament this summer. It's going to start on the 26th of July, but registrations are open now. Basically, just go to go to follow on Twitter, Gooners V Cancer. All the announcements will be there. You can also follow us on Instagram. You can go to GoonersVCancer.com for more details. But it's a fun event that brings people together from all over the world in the name of charity and uh, trying to destroy each other on a video game with your thumbs mm -hmm. and, and forefingers. Um, and you know, the, the challenge is to see who can beat my son in the game. Cause he spends every day, all day playing. Um, now that sounds like a fix. So that's Schooner's versus, well, it, when that's he won two years ago, the money went, uh, directly back into the pool. So, so anyway, that's, uh, that's our little charitable event and, and we love doing it. And, uh, and bravo. again, sorry, I said, bravo. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. thank you. Fair Fox.
<laughs> so, so I know you're not good. That, that's going to be our new, uh, you know, Gunners versus Cancer motto. It's fair, fair fucks. Exactly. Fair fucks to you, lads. Any yeah. more user questions? Now would be the time to send them in. We've got about three or four more minutes with Andrew. Um, you can go, I know you can go be... to about ten past if you want. Well, we'll we'll see. I, I want to, you know, I want to let you out on a high. I don't, you know, okay. um, quit while we're ahead, maybe. Uh, I know you're. I know you're not going to come stateside for the summer tour. We've talked about that between yeah. vacation and uh, and and disgusting places. Um, but uh, and and I know James will be giving all of his best content probably and access to the athletic unless you've worked out a deal where 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 he's he's double dipping. But you know, no. if you need a summer tour correspondent, I'm just saying. I think even after my miscues a couple years ago, I think I might be. Uh, getting back into the press box again, which is probably why you're not coming in the first place. No, no, no. And absolutely nothing to do with you. To be fair, it was all, it was all about Andy really, but I didn't want to bring that up. So it's, uh, <laughs> uh, in LA with his, with his shorts on his short sleeve shirt. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, you saw how, you know, in the press conference, how incredibly professional of a journalist I can be. Yes. Um, yes. Would no, I did. Know. I was very impressed. But no, uh, yeah, maybe let's talk about let's talk about this um, special correspondent role that you've very subtly brought up. Um, we can have a chat about that at some point for sure. Well, you know, I, I'm a fountain of of ridiculous information, and uh, and and I can bring a special touch. But the, you know, but that's mm. that, you know, that's not me saying that. Mm. Well, I guess it was me saying. That. <laughs> it was entirely. It was actually directly me saying that. Um, any other user questions? Uh, we do. We have, uh, well, back to the Rafinha thing again, but this is really more of a generic question. What is the logic of purposely underbidding on a player a la Rafinha, a la uh, uh, everyone else we've ever bid on pretty much? Is this a common practice? I mean, negotiating is a common practice, but then there are some, what I guess mm. we would call derisory bids that are so far below the club's stated valuation that it almost seems counterintuitive to being useful. Would you say? Maybe, but I guess there's some method to the madness. You know, if Leeds are saying we want this and Arsenal are Leeds want this and Arsenal are bidding this, then I don't quite know what what the reason might be. Maybe it's that Arsenal don't value the player at the same level as Leeds, which I think could potentially be the case. But also, I think it's a case that when you're when you're um, trying to buy a player or when you're trying to buy anything you don't just pay the the highest price straight away do you there's always an element of negotiation always an element of like okay you want this we'll give you this well how about this and you meet somewhere in the middle um maybe towards the high end of the middle as it might be from time to time so i don't quite i don't quite know but i i would guess that part of it might be that they have or they feel like the player is so interested in joining that they can use that aspect of it yeah, to try yeah. and or be part of those negotiations. That's, you know? that's a great. That's a great point. You put in a bid, you make your official interest mm. known, and then the player wants to move. Although Rafinha, of all of the ones that we've been linked with, seems the least like dead set on like not mm. like Tielemans, not like uh, uh, Fabio Vieira, but but just. He, he seems to be kind of his head just seems to be on a swivel looking around like who who will pay me who who gives us a chance to win I could see Chelsea getting involved in that I could even see a lot up the road getting involved in that my concern about offering you know what was it 30 or 35 on a on a 65 million valued player by the by his team could open the door to somebody else coming in and saying okay we're actually going to seriously negotiate with you not like these guys yeah um, maybe maybe but again it depends who's out there. Barcelona are obviously interested, but don't have any money. I mean, they, they can't even pay the players that they have. So um, they're, they're a mess. So I'm not sure uh, unless they do something uh, when it comes to selling players in the market, I'm not sure that, you know, they're really a big issue. So are there any other English clubs in there? Maybe so. We'll have to wait and see. But, um, you know, I think if, if they really want the player and the valuation that Leeds want is close to where they think the valuation of the player actually is, then it should be able to get done. Um, the only thing is if Leeds are 
holding out for a, a huge sum, trying to spark a bidding war, whatever it might be, then maybe Arsenal will think, okay, we don't have time for this. We've got a lot of stuff to do this summer and we may have to, may have to walk away. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got three final questions here and then we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. One, I, I mean, I think I could probably take this one. Anyone know the difference between advanced talks and very advanced talks? Um, the difference is very, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. It's very obvious. Yeah, that, uh, that was easy. Um, what's your earliest game memory, Andrew, at Highbury from Mark Bacreden, who, who normally comes up with nine very good comments and questions and one absolutely horrible one, and I just haven't seen the horrible one from him today. Right. Okay. Um, Wimbledon at some point in the nineties. I can't remember night. I can't remember what year. Night game. Wimbledon in their disgusting pomp with um, Vinnie Jones and all those guys. Then in the nineties. Oh, you're not. You're not talking about the the, the game right before Anfield '89. You're, you're talking that. You're talking. No, in no, no. In the nineties at some point. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I can't quite remember, but that would be the earliest one. We won though, so that's good. Beautiful as per you would expect to, Vince Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. uh, and the final question goes to Matthew D'Souza, who says, as Brazil are favorites for the World Cup, how many of our Brazilian players, of which we might end up with like 12 of them, can we expect to not give a stuff from October onwards? Do you think there'll be kind of that, that whatever the whatever the opposite of a hangover is, like a, like a pre-hangover for... Uh, like an aperitif of uh, of not giving a shitness. Well, you remember when Mo Alneni got hurt right before the last World Cup and didn't get mm. to play in it for, for Egypt. I think that was what happened, if I remember correctly. I remember. And, um, you know, it's got to be a real concern when you play in the middle of a season when and you're playing twice a week. I mean, at some point, you're going to be a little worried that you're either going to get into the world cup tired or even worse, miss it due to injury. So this, I, I think that's actually a really good question. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think the, uh, the thing you would say is maybe you want to get into the world cup with rhythm, with form, you know, playing well, playing frequently. So you've got that rhythm, you've got that match sharpness. I think that will be more important um, for, for any player, not just Brazilians who are going to the World Cup. But, you know, specifically on the Brazilians, I do have a slight concern about, you know, th there's one in particular, um, and that would be uh, the lad called Gabriel. I mean, because we've only got teeth left by the time the, the World we've only got We've only got maybe three or four of those, you know, in the squad at the moment. So we maybe need to just up the Gabriel count. Yeah. Get another three or four of them in, maybe five or six. Does it matter if they're Brazilian? Because we got we got that old one that we got rid of that we could probably get back. The the the, the one that's yeah. like the Medusa looking one that, that couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just get all the Gabriels in. You know, they're interchangeable. Really, this is this is the way it works now. We had yeah. uh, we had Gabriel Marcotti on the pod last week, and I asked him if he was available because you know it, I, I don't even need for them to be Brazilian. No, that, that's need... it. Any 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 Gabriel Gabriel. Gabe. Gabe Kaplan, uh, you know, of Mr. Cotter fame. I, I think he's just playing poker someplace right now. I don't know who that is. I would take it. Never heard of Mr. Cotter. Is. All right, come on. No. All right. Um, well, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. On that <laughs> high note. On the high note, and there it is. Exactly. Well, a Andrew, I've, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. I appreciate the time you spent with me, uh, you know, after the show last, last, uh, last month. Had some encouraging words. I'm sure you don't remember them, but they were. Um, I, I appreciate you dropping by the Tollington the night before for our charity event, uh, before your, uh, the night before your show. And, uh, hopefully we'll have a season ahead of us that, that has a lot of winning, a lot of community. I mean, it is possible to have our cake and eat it too. It doesn't have to be one or the other, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, thanks again for joining us tonight. Uh, I normally ask, you know, where can we tell people how to find you? So I, I don't want to not ask you that, but it's almost kind of a... Do you mean like my, my house? Well... Or, or just online? Um, you don't want like, to send people, you know... Both. both. I mean, I, 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 I've triangulated the location, but, but I, I, okay. so we don't need... Have you looked at the, the cloud formations? Have you checked that out just to make sure that you're in the right area, all that kind of stuff? Well, yes. Um, yeah, Jared from our podcast actually was in a hotel the other night, and I could tell from the way that the 
the, the sun was coming in late in the day from his right that he was facing south. And I, I ended up, uh, you know, ordering you know him a pizza. You know what? Uh, you guys, uh, like, have such a, a, an amazing grasp of north, northwest, east, east and south. Americans are always talking about that, like south facing this. You know, the roads go east to west. We never use any of that over here, so I'm always quite astounded at, at, at well, that. And that's why, whenever I come over, everyone's just walking around going like this. Yeah, going, what are we? No what, one seems what, to understand where they're going. What's this thing called a compass? Never heard of it. <laughs> but if you excuse me, I'm off to the I'm off to the North Pole. I, I did like this comment, by the way, from Joseph Shelley, who said, "I notice you're not showing any of the Tollington or late night pub crawl videos. Our reputations, thank you." I got the sense you're saving it all up for a summer special of some kind, though. Well, the the, the post Tolly videos are more, they're, they're not so much embarrassing to you as they would be to Paws and to Elliot um, from the, uh, you know, from the, the, the karaoke event. And, mm. and, and Elliot's put me on a deep, uh, you know, deep six with those videos. He, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He I don't understand. Out. You know, it, it, but it was it was a fun event, and frankly, from the time I got home and ordered pizza and saw the sunrise from that evening, I slept straight through until about an hour before your show, and, and that's the only way I was able to walk. So, um, yeah. nobody it, needs to see Elliot doing Lady Gaga. That's all oh, I'm saying. Or Paz doing Britney Spears, which was something something special. Equally disturbing. Yes, but lovely. So. In any uh, event, thanks again, Andrew, for joining us. I can think of no other way, no better way to cap this off than this. <laughs>